This is Brother Jim Ellis with Dispensational Ministries. Want to once again thank you for taking the time to visit our Dispensational Ministries podcast. This message is the fourth in a series of messages on character traits that come directly to us from the Word of God. This message will be entitled Invaluable Character Traits for Adults, Young People, and Children from God's Word. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14 begins this way. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. It goes on chapter 4, says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He says in 2 Corinthians five seventeen, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The inner man that Paul is speaking about in verse 16 in chapter 3 of Ephesians concerns our entire inner being, our soul and spirit, which works in conjunction with our body brain to make us who and what we are. By virtue of being created beings, we are a body with a brain and an eternal soul and spirit. These all work together to make us who we are as human beings. The brain is our seat or storage place of knowledge and learning. The soul and spirit work together to discern or understand the truth and knowledge that is stored in our brains. We are far more than a body with a brain, which is controlled by a series of electrical impulses. After salvation, our spirits which were before salvation spiritually dead, but functionally alive, is quickened or regenerated and brought back to spiritual life. And it is able to know and commune with God who originally created us as souls and spirits. Before salvation, our spirits could work in conjunction with our body, brain, and our souls to put a man on the moon. But it was unable to discern the truth of God or commune with God until our spirits were regenerated and brought back to spiritual life. Our brains are essential to the correct functioning of our body. Our brain tells our body how to function. Without a functioning brain, our bodies could not pump blood through our veins, our arms and our legs could not move, and our bodies would cease to function as it should. It is not, however, what keeps us alive and gives us consciousness. Those are functions of our soul and spirit. The soul and spirit does not depend on our bodies for consciousness. When Paul the Apostle was caught up into heaven, he could not be certain if he was in or out of his body, but he was able to hear, speak, and see what was going on around him while he was there in heaven. He was completely conscious of where he was and what was being said and what was happening all around him. The Spirit of God who came to indwell us at the moment of our salvation also at that time quickened our spiritually dead spirit and caused us to be new creatures in Jesus Christ. I quoted Ephesians 4.23. It says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
Our minds feed our souls and spirits like the mouth feeds our body. Without the proper nourishment, the body could not continue to function as it should, and it would eventually die. Our souls and spirits will never die, but in order for them to continue to function as they should, they too must be properly nourished. Our inner man is continually nourished by a steady diet of the truth of the Word of God. The truth of the Word of God that we place in our brains is disseminated to our souls and spirits, and the Spirit of God uses that to assist our entire man to behave as it should in the will of God. It is the dissemination of the Word of God into our mind, soul, and spirit that the Spirit of God uses that to bring the law of sin in our members and the lust of the flesh under control. In this message, I'm going to cover some much-needed character traits which are essential to our entire man. These are traits which the Spirit of God can and will develop within us, inside our inner man, and will become part of our entire being, our body, brain, soul, spirit. If we are to be faithful to give attention to the necessary things that our Lord has cautioned us to do, the Spirit of God will develop these traits in our inner man to begin to transform us from the inside out. He is our only true source of transformation into being what He expects us to be in our daily lives and practice. He and He alone has the inward power to cause us to become transformed in the renewing of our minds and our soul and our spirit. He and He alone has the power to cause us to become conformed to Him and His will and not be conformed to the power of the flesh and the temptations of the world. Paul said in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The philosophies and tactics of the world of mankind, that is unregenerate mankind, men and women who have yet to have their spirits renewed by salvation in Jesus Christ through the regeneration of the Spirit of God, they attempt to change men and women from the outside by using tricks of the flesh. They try to trick the flesh into conforming to certain standards of life and conduct. They attempt to reform and reprogram the flesh to conform to their preconceived standards of conduct. But on the other hand, the Spirit of God that dwells within us transforms us from the inside out by transforming our entire being. What we are on the inside will determine and will be revealed by our actions on the outside of our body. It is from the inner man that men determine the evil done with their body. It is also from the inner man that we as God's people can and will determine our level of conformity to the will of God. What men and women do with the outside of their bodies is a reflection of what is going on in our inner man. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ said this in the book of Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34. Old generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak of good things? 
for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. He says in chapter 15, verse 18 of Matthew, For those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, theft, false witness, blasphemies. He said again in Mark chapter 7, and he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. He said once again in the book of Luke, a good man out of the treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which are say? Well, that verse is self-explanatory. They do so because of the evil inward heart that they possess. The Spirit of God uses the spiritual tools he has given us to bring this inner transformation as we walk daily with him. The greatest of these tools is the truth of the word of God. As we learn and grow in the truth and knowledge of the word of God, he uses that truth to transform us day to day in our walk and everyday practice. In other words, he simply changes us on the inside so that our outside will reflect that change. That transformation can be seen by the manifestation of certain character traits which we will begin to cultivate and manifest with our outward selves. Not long ago, I watched an audio video clip of a young teenage girl and her mom on a talk show where the child was complaining about her mother reducing her monthly allowance from, are you ready, $2,500 a month to $1,000 a month. They also got into an argument on that show about what kind of car her mother was going to buy her when this young teenager turned 16. The mother wanted to buy her a car that was in the $100,000 range. But the teenager wanted a car which cost $261,000 to purchase. The host of the show looked surprised at the mother and said, you, you need to take your daughter, and get her a job. Go to work and learn something about self-reliance and responsibility. And when that talk uh, talk show host used that dirty, despicable word, work, the 15-year-old broke out into a panic of tears, crying, no, 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 I don't want to go to work. I don't want to get a job, she cried. Tears began to pour down her face. She said, I, I've grown up used to a certain lifestyle and my mom must make sure I keep that lifestyle. The lifestyle she had been accustomed to was one of self-indulgence, entitlement, and lazy indolence where everything was handed to her 
with, without her having to lift a finger to get it. She knew nothing of hard work and the joys that come from self-reliance, self-sufficiency, and working to earn what we have in life. The truly sad part of this is while most children are not being lavished with a $2,500 a month allowance, they are still commonly being raised without any sense of personal responsibility. They're not being taught the things that they need in the way of self-sufficiency and self-reliance. One of the results of this is that we have more young, indolent, entitled adults in this country than ever before. Children are not being helped by being coddled and handed everything they have free from their parents. The lack of teaching and training children in the character traits we're going to speak of in this lesson will only serve to produce adults who are self-centered, selfish, entitled, spoiled, lazy, indolent adults who have no idea how to truly survive in this life and how to advance and succeed in this life and and who will forever be dependent on someone else coming to their rescue. I've heard parents say, I want my kids to have the things I did not have when I was a child. That's okay. I understand that. We all want our kids to prosper beyond how we prospered in our youth. But failing to learn and be trained to earn their own way in life by way of the character traits that you, perhaps yourself, employed, as you are earning your way through life, is not helping or doing your children any favors. There's nothing cruel or unusual about requiring and teaching children to work and earn their way through life and cultivating inside them the necessary character traits they would need as adults to make their way through life. If, my friend, if you raise your children to be lazy, dependent, entitled children, that is what they will become when they are adults. They will always feel entitled to be given what they want and not earn what they want and need in life. They'll learn to sit around and wait to be given and done for them what they should be busy doing for themselves. Something must be instilled inside that child now so that when he or she is an adult, they will be compelled from their inner character to get up and do for themselves and their families that which is necessary to be done. Something on the inside of them has to be placed there that will make them get up every morning and do the things that must be done each and every day of their lives. If anyone, man, woman, or child, is ever to be successful in years ahead in their physical and spiritual lives, at pretty much anything they do, they must make these character traits part of them by way of the Spirit of God's inner workings. And then make them part of their daily practice centered in the truth of the Lord Jesus. I've met many in life who were far more concerned with deceiving others into believing they were someone special and had accomplished a lot in life. They were more concerned about that than actually being someone special and actually accomplishing something in life. I witnessed many go to great lengths in attempting to make other people believe they were some great thing, as the Bible describes it. They actually put in more time and effort to, effort towards their deceit 
than they would have if they were to accomplish something in life. The old folks used to call this putting on airs. Now, they just meant the people who pretend to be someone more important than what or who they are. They actually are. Those people are just living a lie, pretense, and deceit. Galatians 6, 3 says, If a man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceiveth himself. Instead of living a lie, would it not be far better to adopt the following character traits and become someone who, who through the principles of God, actually accomplishes something beneficial in this world and in the will of God. A character trait is simply this. It is a quality that's inside of us which helps us make our decisions and determines our actions in life. In other words, what we are on the inside, in our hearts and minds, will determine how we will act and what we will do with our outside bodies. What we do is determined by who and what we are on our inside. The things that we are able to accomplish in our lives will be determined by what is in our heart and mind, soul, and spirit, the way we think, and what we believe to be true will determine who and what we are in life. Most parents won't, or at least they should. They want their children to grow up to be adults and to be good people and a good person stay out of trouble, live a good and prosperous life. Instilling certain character traits as part of their inner man will go a long, long ways towards accomplishing that goal. If these character traits become part of us and are governed by the truth of God's Bible, they will help us do what is right throughout our lives. In simple words, learn what these words mean and make them part of a person's everyday life. They will help anyone and everyone to make the right and very best decisions in life that everyone will have to make throughout their lifetime. But at the same time, we must always keep these character traits in line with the guiding principles of the Word of God concerning goodness, kindness, fairness, and obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and good, godly living. It's like anything mankind has ever touched. These traits can be used for evil or for good as defined by the Word of God. These are traits which can be extremely useful and beneficial to the the child of God or if misused, very detrimental. That is why it is essential that these traits be conditioned and administered according to the truth of the Word of God. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father. These following following character traits are taught many, many places throughout the epistles of the Apostle Paul. The ones I have listed and will be listing for this study contain 30 character traits that I have compiled from the Word of God. I could have compiled many more, than just these 30. But I think for the purposes of these studies, 30 will suffice for now. If we will feed them into the knowledge of our children and ourselves from the Word of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God will take them and use them in our inner man to begin to transform us from the inside 
out. The first character trait we'll begin to study in this, and I won't be able to, to expound on all of these in great detail, but I want to give enough information to help the listener to understand what these particular and individual character traits are. The first one is integrity. That is being honest and having and maintaining some moral principles. Many young people, unfortunately, have never heard this word used in a conversation. It is rapidly becoming an obsolete word in our society. But this one word sums up all the following character traits that we'll discuss in this study. It describes the sum total of a person's moral character. The following character traits are, in fact, basic moral principles found throughout all the Word of God. Our God is the author of right and wrong. He and He alone has the right to determine what sin is, what morality is, what goodness, what standards of conduct, and our duties and obligations both to Him and to others. God and God alone determines that. What other men and women may believe or claim is right or wrong, moral or immoral, good or evil, may not be according to the truth of the Word of God. Just because someone thinks something is good, bad, or otherwise, that may or may not line up with the actual truth and teachings of the Word of God. The Bible cautions us to always be careful of those who call evil good and good evil. Many, many men and women have a blurred and warped sense of morality and standards of good and evil. What others may claim to be good, moral, even noble, may not be in harmony and in line with the truth of the Word of God. There continues to be a rise in America, actions, lifestyles, habits of life, which are now being called good, but which from the truth of the Word of God, they have been declared to be evil by God Himself. Only God has the right and authority to declare what is evil, what is good, what is right, what is noble. Integrity. It it sums up pretty much all that's within us in our moral being and our moral principles and maintaining those moral principles in our lives. The second would be Self-reliance. That is depending on our own abilities to make it through our coming life. Depending on ourselves for whatever we need in life. A person cannot live their lives depending on other people doing for them what God has told us to do for ourselves. Self-reliance is perfectly in line with God's overall principles of personal responsibility. When I was in the military, I was in the army, I came in contact with all different kinds of people from every walk of life. I noticed that when something needed to be done, there was always a small group of men who would jump right in and begin getting it done. But there was also always a group of men, sometimes a large group of men, who were perfectly willing to let the few go ahead and do what they themselves should have been doing and should have been helping others to do. 
They would always hold back and wait for someone else to step forward and do the work they themselves should be doing. They were slackers in every way. They had no sense of a work ethic, a sense of honor and pride and accomplishment, no sense of duty, no initiative. In fact, those who had been raised with these traits were criticized and taunted as fools and being foolish for having such traits. They were mocked and made fun of. Someone told me back then, if those men want to go through life being lazy and sluggish in life, there's little you're going to be able to do about it. But don't be one of those men, I was told. You go on and succeed in life and don't allow their lazy indolence and slothfulness to influence you. Leave them behind and go on in your life and do what you know is right to do and what will advance you even if all the others around you do not want to go. There will always be the ones who the Bible says will not plow by reason of the cold and will beg and harvest and have nothing. I was told, but for you, don't be one of those men. Do not allow the laziness of others to give you an excuse to be lazy and indolent in your life. Do not be one of those people. Be better than that. Be better than their lazy ways, this wise man once said to me. The trait of self-reliance can be a tremendous help to our everyday lives. But at the same time, it can be detrimental if we are not careful to temper it with the truth of the Word of God. No one is so self-reliant that that person can depart from our submission to the will of God and from His revealed Word. It can become maybe easy to become so self-reliant that we go through life depending solely on our own abilities, wisdom, and reasoning without taking the truth of God into consideration in everything we do. But we must always keep in mind what we are as mere flesh and blood beings and our own limitations as mere flesh and blood creatures. Always. Always depend on the Lord Jesus Christ for guidance and help throughout your life. Self-reliance does not mean we do not need the help and guidance of the Lord Jesus. He and He alone is worthy of the glory in our accomplishments in life. He is the giver and sustainer of life. No one, no one is ever truly completely self-reliant in and of themselves. It is a noble and tremendous goal to work towards, being reliant on yourself, but not limited to yourself. Always, always trust in the Lord Jesus. As I said, we are now and always will be as long as we're alive on this earth, just mere flesh and blood, and we can accomplish a lot in this body of flesh. But that which is really Lasting and that which is really foundational in the truth of the Word of God will always turn to Him for the correct guidance and sufficiency that we need. Trait does not necessarily mean that we do not need others. No person is an island, island unto themselves. 
Along with this trait must come the trait of developing personal relationships with others. Self-reliance does not mean, it does not mean, the exclusion of relationships and to the exclusion of often needing help from others. The third character trait I want to speak of, and perhaps this will be the last one in this this, uh, volume, would be self-motivation. Do what needs to be done without having someone to have to tell you over and over and over to do it or to make you do it. Motivate yourself to do whatever needs to be done in and for your future. Don't wait until problems come or some outside force makes you do it or makes us do it. Don't wait till something or someone has to come along and cause us to do something that we should already be doing for ourselves. This word describes men and women who could be called self-starters. They do not need or require someone or some unseen event in life to force them to get going and doing what needs to be done. They find ways to motivate themselves to do the things in their lives which need to be done. If they have a desire to succeed in life, they begin to prepare themselves for that kind of success. Whatever it is, they motivate themselves. They find the motivation from within themselves that will compel them to press forward to get done the things that need to be done in their lives. I suppose you could be kind of like requiring a child to get up in the mornings and get ready for school without their mom and dad having to keep after them to get ready. If a child gets up at the appointed time, a time that should be set by the parent, and he gets ready for their day ahead, that is a real step towards teaching them self-motivation. I think I'll stop here with this third one. We have another 27 to go in the next couple of series of lessons. Once again, thank you for visiting our podcast. I hope you'll tune in for the fourth volume uh, to come in this series of character traits. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God bless you, and I trust that you'll have a great day.